Restaurants Unstoppable, episode 797 with Clyde Tiger. You know, people always want something, but they don't want to do nothing. Like, they, like, show up. Somebody's having a party, having an event, doing something. Show up. Show, show some support. You know, give back. Do something. It's not all take. Like, you're looking to take and make money. How about you give something? Are you ready for it? Factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. This episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs. And Seven Shifts is trusted by over 400,000 restaurant professionals because it gives you the tools you need to streamline labor operations, communicate with your team, and retain your talent. And because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you get three months absolutely free. Get started at www.sevenshifts.com slash unstoppable that's the number seven s-h-i-f-t-s dot com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free Procter and Gamble professional provides a wide range of cleaning and disinfectants for your business needs get the cleaning and disinfecting products you need and the peace of mind you deserve not only does Procter and Gamble professional make you cleaner it also makes you more efficient Don professional pot and pan cleans 58 percent more pots and pans than the leading competitor Don professional it's clean upgraded let me give you four reasons why you need Mies in your restaurants. One, it's the most accurate recipe costing tool on the planet. It will give you immediate output of your cost and your conversions. That should be the only reason why you need Mies. But there's a second reason why you will train your staff the right way and save countless hours. Quickly and easily create slideshows with video and image compression so your team can see exactly what they need when they need it. Here's the third reason. You will reduce your waste and execute with consistency. Mies enables you to make precisely the amount of food you need. That's because every ingredient has automated unit conversions. Here's the last reason. You will organize and share your content like never before. Mies is like Google Drive built specifically for the culinary operation. Go to getmies.com slash unstoppable and you will get your first three months free when you get the annual business plan. What up, Unstoppables? Just a quick reminder that our mission is to inspire, empower, and transform the industry. And I cannot do it alone. I need your help. There's a few ways you can support this podcast. The first one is support our sponsors. I do not let anyone sponsor this show. I really do vet our sponsors. And if you support our sponsors, they'll continue to support this podcast. Share this podcast with everyone you know who's aspiring to be great in the industry. This is all about sharing knowledge. So make sure this resource gets into as many hands as possible. And the more people that listen, the more successful we'll be. Then also whenever there's a tool or service that organically gets recommended on the show, I reach out to that tool or service and uh, ask them to become an affiliate. And if they agree, then I can earn a commission when you go through my links to purchase tools. Even better, shoot me an email, eric, E-R-I-C, at restaurantstoppable.com. I'll make a personal introduction to a tool or service that was mentioned on the show. 
And lastly, come join the network. That's really where the magic's happening, where I'm connecting with my most loyal listeners and our past guests in a very intimate, uh, organic, learning together, peer mentoring kind of way. It's a very journalistic where we just talk to people and as as needs and desires and interests are uh, bubbling up within the network, I'm going after those interests and getting the people that the network wants to talk to uh, on the show. So I'm literally going to work for you guys and it's been a lot of fun. Um, come join the network. When you do, you support the podcast. So today we're talking to Clyde Tiger, the founder of Fit Fixing. So it's a really cool story. In 2011, after losing 50 pounds through proper diet and exercise, uh, Clyde Tiger left his career, his 15-year-long career in the construction industry to pursue his new passion for helping people get healthy and fit. And uh, he started just working with people. Uh, He had a few clients, personal training. He realized that no matter how hard these people work in the gym uh, to get in shape, they won't get the results unless they're eating a proper diet too. So he agreed to help a couple of his clients out, uh, creating meal kits for them, and did not take long for the word to get out before he knew it. He had 10 clients working out with them and preparing meals for those clients. And in 2014, uh, Tiger made the decision to open his own meal prep business and it did not take long, only a few months for him to go to 10 clients to close to 1000 meals being delivered a a week. And today fit fixins has served thousands of customers from uh, Sebastian to Broward County and serves an average of three thousand meals a week, man. It's been so cool to watch this guy grow. And I love his story of coming you know, going to the low of lows really in almost losing it all uh, and really just doing a self-evaluation, a self-check-in and say, no, it's time to put myself on this new track. And no matter where you are in your life, guys, you can find success. And I think Clyde is an incredible example of that. This is a very inspiring episode and just, I know you're going to love it. Here it is. And with excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, founder and co-owner of Fit Fixins, Clyde Tiger. My man, Clyde, are you feeling unstoppable today? Definitely feeling unstoppable. That was a hype pregame we just went through, and I'm ready to go, (laughs) man. I'm glad to be here. Dude, I'm pumped to be here. Over a year now, it's been when you first reached out to me, you, you came on my radar. I've been following you. You've been having great success, and it's just it's a kind of a... Unreal that we're finally sitting here across the table. It is. It's a, I'm a little starstruck. I'm not going to lie. You know, it's like, you know, I listened to this guy for a couple of years. I mean, since we started this thing, like I told you when we, uh, you know, first connected and it's just like, it's cool, man. You know, I, I'm super thankful for everything you do oh, for man. the Western industry and uh, just all the tidbits and gems you share with people like me that are trying to grow and trying to build a brand. So thank you for your time and it's, being here and make, make, making this trip up here to uh, <laughs> middle of nowhere, Florida, good old Port St. Lucie here on the Treasure Coast. But right. we're here and uh, we're doing what we do. I'm happy to be here. It's my pleasure and it's, a, it's an honor to serve. So thank, thank you for uh, bringing me out here. I'm happy to be here. Uh, I cannot wait to dive into your story, but let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you got for us? Uh, my go-to is do not stop when you're tired. Stop when you're done by none other than David Goggins. Dude, do not stop when you're tired. Stop when you're done. That is a very unstoppable way to start this podcast. That's how, Why, we, that's how we roll. How does that resonate with you? Ah, because like, I don't know. I just heard it and I latched onto it. Um, anybody that doesn't know about Dave Goggins, I encourage you to go, uh, listen to his pot, you know, listen to him on a podcast, YouTube. You can find him pretty much anywhere. Uh, just a great backstory. Uh, guy comes from nothing and just, you know, changes his life, changes his mindset and just grinds it out day in and day out. 
Um, and that's just kind of uh, how we live and how, yeah. how we do things here at Fit Fixins um, because it all did start from nothing for us. Um, and you know, 2014 from a Facebook post and it's been a lot of long nights and early mornings and, uh, we've been blessed, yeah. you know, blessed beyond, uh, our wildest dreams at some time. So, uh, you know, we don't stop when we're tired and, and we're far from done. So we're just going to keep rolling no dude, matter I what. I love that, dude. I, I love that. And I can't help but think of, I can't remember who the, the name's escaping me, but past guest in the show, uh, said that, you know, it's not enough to do enough. You have to like add a little something at the end that's beyond enough to really get to the point where you're growing. So whatever it is to get through the day, that's enough. Like, okay, the day is over. Growth comes from that little bit of extra, you know, the, 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 the gas that's in the tank, but like the, not the, the actual liquid gas, the fuel that when you're on fumes, right. To push a little bit further to do that one little extra thing that's working on your business to make, to take your business to the next level, whether it's automating or working on a relationship or whatever it is, you have to do just that little bit extra to the job's completely done, but add that extra thing on to the end of your day to, to really round off the potential, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree. 110%. I mean, it's just, it's just doing what others are unwilling to do. I love it. A lot of people just settle, you know, and it's like good enough and we're doing okay. And it's just like, it's not enough. Yeah. It's not enough. And you know, uh, I'm a big motivational guy. I listen to a lot of motivational speakers. Uh, you know, Eric Thomas, he talks about, you know, what's your why, what's your why, mm. you know, and, and that's what gets me going on the, you know, like I said, like a lot of long nights and early mornings. I'm a father of five. Um, I run this business myself, and my wife, who's the other co-owner, uh, Chelsea Tiger, and you know there, there's, it's it's just nonstop. You know, we we laugh about it. it's organized chaos on a daily basis. Is that your your wife right behind you? Uh, let's see. Are you and your wife? Let's see. Or is that some? No, no, no. no. That's a, that, that, that that that's a she's a fighter actually. That's oh. Jillian Roberts right here from the Treasure Coast. My wife is right up there. The picture of the three ladies. She is the one in the blue dress with the short blonde hair. Beautiful. We'll grab a photo of that before we oh, leave. Please do the credit where it's due. Um. So she's the brains of the operation. You're, you're talking about finding your why, right? <laughs> yeah, your yeah, why. yeah. When did you find your why? Oh wow. Uh, Man, you know, my story's kind of different, you know. Um, I was in general construction for about 12 years from 20, you know, uh, early 20s to early 30s. Uh, from 30, I mean, excuse me, from uh, early, you know, about 21, 22 to 30, I put on a lot of weight, didn't take care of myself, eating unhealthy and just in the construction industry and um, just not take care of myself. I uh, found myself in uh, some adversity in my life. Um, I was uh, going through a divorce and just a lot of bad life choices and stuff like that. And um, found myself overweight and wonder how I got there and uh, decided like enough was enough. So I started eating right, changing my way of living, uh, learned about, um, you know, portion control and the, and the metabolic side of food and stuff like that. Read a couple books. This is when the internet was kind of getting heavy and there's a lot of information source out there. So I kind of went to that and Ended up losing about 60 pounds. Wow. I was about 270 pounds. I got down to 210 at my lightest weight. You're um, a big dude. What are you, 6'3", 6'2"? 6'4". 6'4", yeah. Um, and lost all the weight and then still in the construction industry uh, trying to find my way and um, started helping my buddy lose weight. Uh, he ended up losing like 80 pounds. And, you know, I just have this thing. I just love people. Mm. I love to help people. I love to be of service to people. Um, and... You know, everyone's like, hey, you should be a trainer. You know, look what you did. And I was like, you know what? I'm tired of sitting in a job trailer. I'm tired of doing this. I want to be of service. Uh, I love to do what's on my heart and, you know, love to feel full that way. That's that. That's that's my big payday for me. And, um, you know, launched out on this career of personal training and 
uh, left left my construction career of you know twelve years, 12, twelve to fifteen years, and uh, you know got super broke. Like I said, I was going through divorce, tough emotional, spiritual, and financial time for me, and uh, found myself just uh, trying to make ends meet. And as a personal trainer and rolling chains and on food stamps at like thirty, I was probably around about thirty five years old, uh, trying to put it all together, wondering how I was going to take care of my three kids that I had at the time, and uh, put up a and put up a post on Facebook because I was on living on such a tight budget. I only had enough money to drive my car across town one time a day. So I would sit inside Starbucks and use their free Wi-Fi and drink coffee refills because they were like 40 cents, 45 (laughs) cents. And um, I was a personal trainer and put a post up about cooking food for people. And two turned into four and turned into six. And uh, a couple of people had faith in me. And I went to Walmart and bought a bunch of Ziploc containers. They're like, bring food to my house. Will you cook it for me? And I'm like, what? Is this a thing? Started off in my kitchen in my house in Jensen Beach. And, you know, um, along that way, you know, I, I, like I said, I was you know spiritually bankrupt as well as financially yeah. bankrupt at the time. Uh, found God along the way. And uh, m- my life has never been, this, never been the same since. So you know? it sounds like, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like for you, the why is in service to others and helping other people achieve what you achieved. Yeah. Physical health. Yeah. And emotional. Probably well, even more than that. My, my, why, my why is kind of like multi-layered. Uh, my family, first and foremost. Uh, my, my five beautiful children, my wife. My staff that yeah. that depends on me. Um, we just come from nothing, man. You know, it's a it's a it's an emotional it's an emotional space for me. As you can see, I get a little choked up anytime I talk about it because it come from nothing. It inspires me, man. Yeah, from nothing to nothing. Um, and I don't even know how I got to the place that I am today. So you know, we just uh, you know we're super thankful, and, and that's my why. And I try to give back. Uh, you know, as I mentioned previous to this, I got a commitment that I make weekly at the Boys and Girls Club here in St. Louis County. Um, I do some work in the not-for-profit space. I sit on the board of the Albert Wilson Foundation who works with uh, foster children and um, uh, marginalized kids, at-risk youth, things of that nature. Uh, so we do a lot of outreach in that space, and that's where my heart's at. You know, I do this business thing, and I love it, and, and I love to be of service and help people eat healthy and, and provide healthy meal options. But I also use my platform to reach others and empower other people and expose them to stuff outside of, outside of St. Lucie County and just worldly uh, in general. So, What kind of things do you like to expose people to? Oh, just everything, you know, just life, just a different life, like what it looks like, you know, from a, for anybody that's from a small town and, um, you know, just, you, you kind of, you know, I grew up in a small community, I guess, per se. Uh, my father was Seminole. My, uh, my dad's Native American. He's uh, since passed on, but grew up down in Hollywood on a reservation, um, Native American. Hollywood, and, um, Hollywood, Florida, Florida. Yep. Hollywood, Florida. Yeah. Um, my dad's Seminole. Um, and grew up, and it's a very small community. Even though it's in the city, it's just very close knit. Um, and it almost, uh, I guess, my experience of small town and, and and just that type of mindset is like you know, you never leave your five by five radius. You know, your five mile by five mile radius. That's the end of the earth for you, yeah. right? Um, so I try to you know ex- expose people to. There's so much more if you just go out there and chase it and chase your dream and believe. Uh, and trust what God put on your heart because just like me, like if I never would have put up that post in 2014 or if I never would have left that construction job to follow my heart and serve people like me and you, well, would you be never having, took the, the initiative to, to get right and healthy. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Me and yeah. you never be having this conversation. Yeah. So uh, let's go back to yeah, yeah. where you started. Sorry. Where, I went off. I went, no, went man, down the wormhole a little we got, bit we got on got the big picture. And I love <laughs> it. Um, but I want to pull some nuggets out cause I feel like something I'm trying to be better about honestly yeah. is, is physical health. And it's, mm-hmm. um, where, where were you? 
back when you were at your worst? You said you had made a lot of bad life decisions. Oh, paint that picture. <laughs> paint that picture of the, the worst of the worst. Uh, and just, oh god! I know it's personal. I know no, it's no, I'm, I'm, I'm an open book. You yeah, know, I mean, this is my life, and this is a. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at today, and you know, um, without my story. Mm. And my story was, uh, you know, uh, more or less kind of a, eh, not a. See, I've heard. Let's see how I say this. I wasn't a street kid per se, but I just I took a lot of wrong choices. You know, um, I always had excuses. Oh, it was because was my dad wasn't in the home. It was because of this. It was because my mom. You know, blah blah blah, or whatever the case may be. I always had excuses. And just made wrong choices. You know, like I always say, I joke around. I've had the privilege to work around some professional athletes through my business career now. And, you know, they're always like, oh, did you play ball? Did you play this? I'm like, no, I chose the other way. If I knew I was going to be 6'4", 225, I would have kept playing ball. But I didn't. Yeah. You know, because I thought the stuff on the street was cool. Mm-hmm. And I went that, and I, and I went down a really dark, um, rough road that was due, due to my own choices. And I had to swallow that pill. I had to swallow that pill finally, probably about 31, 32 years old, that I figured, like, I created this. Mm. It wasn't nobody else's fault. Yeah. I made these choices. I went down this direction, and all this adversity that came my way was self-inflicted to some extent. Um, so 18 to 22, just wild. Wild is, you know, um, anybody, you know, you can find me on social media. I'd be more than happy to tell you the, the candid on a timeline uh, here as far as the podcast is concerned. But uh, just made a lot of bad choices. Uh, you know, spent some time on the other side of the fence. Not very long, but long enough for me to realize that I didn't want to go into places like that ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up getting married, got married uh, to, to a great lady. Um, totally wrecked that marriage you know, uh, dishonesty, uh, unfaithfulness. Um, you know, I was drinking, partying, hanging out, just, just knucklehead mentality. I started making a, a, a good bit of money in the construction industry and proceeded to wreck my life. Cause that's mm-hmm. what I do. Yeah. Uh, you know, without some guidance and without some God in my life and, uh, found myself 31 years old, uh, overweight, like I mentioned, standing inside an empty house that I created, uh, two children, uh, one on the way, and I stood out in an empty house and just, uh, I, I broke down and cried and just asked God not to let me die. So thank you for getting into that. And it's not easy to talk about like the, the, the past, the difficult oh, it's, part. It's, but, it's part of my story. I wouldn't be who I am today without that story. So I'm cool with sharing it, you know? But what I'm curious about now is like what the trigger was and that, 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 you know, whatever triggered you to say, I've got to change. Um, what was it? And then what immediately after did you start doing mm. that sets you on this path of growth? Well, uh, so I, uh, so I, so I found myself in that, that empty house. Um, she had, she was moving. I knew she was moving, but it just all hit me kind of moment of clarity type thing. Um, I realized that I was going to die. There was no other, you know, my dad died at 59 years old from alcoholism. I was headed down the same path without a doubt. In my mind, there was no doubt. There was, it was clear as day. How and much I, were you drinking? A lot. What's a lot? A, a lot. Uh, at minimum, a, a liter of crown a night. Okay. Solo. Okay. You know, yeah. crown and ginger, and people are like, there's no ginger. A lot's relative. You yeah. Know, it's <laughs> weird. So I just started like, I know I'm not trying to like put you on the. Like, it's cool, yeah, man. But like, you know, yeah, I want to no, paint that picture. No, I'm, I, I, I'm super open. You know what I mean? And this is part of my story. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just, you know, again, getting in that scene, money, hanging out, making too much money in the bars. And that's just a guy like me. That's what happens. You know what I mean? And, uh, had that moment of clarity and, you know, made a couple of phone calls with some people I know, uh, that could, they connected me with some other people and what, what kind of people were you being connected with? Uh, just people to guide me spiritually. Okay. Help me to find my way. Okay. Uh, you know, a design for living, uh, for me that, uh, that I needed. What do you mean a design for living? Um, just say, 
I got some guidance. Okay. You know, there were some uh, crucial steps to take to, to help me find my way in life. Can you, know, you get into I, those steps? Uh, I prefer not to just on okay. a podcast, but if yeah. someone wants to contact me directly, I'd more than have to talk about okay. it. It's just not something, uh, just through, just through some personal anonymity, things like that. No, I feel you. But if somebody who's listening to this, right. Mm-hmm. Um, they're at that point mm-hmm. where they, where you were, mm-hmm. when you realize that you gotta, you gotta take a pivot, you gotta move in a new mm-hmm. direction. Um, now you're giving them guidance. Mm-hmm. Give that person guidance like the guidance you got. Oh my gosh. Uh, like I said, it was a journey. I didn't know. I just didn't want to go. I just didn't want to die. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So uh, I got connected with some pe- people and a, and a mentor and a gentleman by the name of Mel. Like help me find my way so to God. So first step, get a guide. Get a, get a guide. Find yeah, somebody. Yeah, you're, you're not going to go to Antarctica and just be like, hey, I'm sitting out with my book bag and I'm going to go check it out. You got to have a guide. Yeah. You're going to die. Yeah. You know, so I got to get a guide on this journey of life, and that's what I've that's what I found. And what what first thing did you change about your lifestyle, the way you live, that you think had the biggest impact? Stop using drugs and alcohol. Okay, and what next? So, oh, I just started seeking God. Okay, and anything else beyond that? Ah, just that that, that was that was a catalyst, mm-hmm. uh, definitely. And then you know, then it became to personal health and well being. Mm-hmm. You know, my my uh, mind, body, and spirit. How am I living? What am I doing? Am I showing up? Am I being consistent? Am I a man of my word? Um, am I being honest? Am I um, just being thorough in all that I do? Am I being a good father? You know, because that, that was part of my thing when I broke down in my house at 31 years old. I just said, I still want to die. I want to be there for my kids. Yeah. You know, so that that's my that's my why of why, like, end of the day, I will do whatever it takes to provide for my children. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it is. This could all shut down tomorrow, and I'd be out there the next day, like, looking for a job because I'm not going to let my kids go through What that. held you accountable to this new path? Um, Because somewhere deep down inside, I always knew I, I was better. Mm-hmm. I always knew. I just didn't listen because, you know, I had a lot of trials and tribulations throughout my life where I told I wasn't going to be nothing. I was this, uh, you know, as I mentioned previously before the podcast started, you know, I got kicked out of the 11th grade of high school, had a GED. Yeah. Um, I was told you're never going to amount to nothing. You don't, you don't have a degree. We can't hire you. You've got some, uh, you've got some criminal, uh, stuff on your record and you know, pretty much like, uh, you start to believe that shit. Oh, you believe it. Yeah. But 110%. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? And that's where, so for me, like I mentioned guys like Eric Thomas, who I had the pleasure to meet uh, one time and passing through business and, uh, you know, those people, I reprogrammed my mind because mm. my mind was just bad. Like I believed everything they told me. And finally I was just like, part, just F that. Yeah. Like that ain't it, bro. Like yeah. I'm not, I'm not living that. I think and, a lot and, of, sorry, keep going. Keep no, going. no. And you know, I'm not living that way and, and, and we're going to change it and we're going to grind. And I try to keep people like that around me now. Like if you're just settling for C class and this is good enough and this is what we're going to do today in the bare minimum, like I'm not really interested, bro. Yeah. And I think that that is part of the big step is surrounding yourself with the people who tell you, you can, and who, who you're the, I mean, it's probably over you saying, but you're the average of the, like the five people you surround yourself with. But there's a lot of truth to that. You do start to acclimate to the, those people that you surround yourself with. That becomes the new normal, the new standard when you're, traveling around with a bunch of schmucks who are drinking and doing <laughs> drugs all the time. Like that becomes, you start to compare yourself to that. Yeah. You're like, well, I'm not as bad as that guy. Exactly. You know? And like, that's facts. But if you start surrounding yourself with the people who are committed to their family, to their career, to themselves, to the wellness, then that becomes, your you new realize what it real anchor, degenerate you, know? you are. <laughs> yeah. Right. So to surround yourself with the right people, I think is a huge crucial step. And to, obviously too, is just to get really honest with yourself which it sounds like you were. Yeah. Um, and don't listen to that internal voice. I mean, yeah. I, I resonate with your story. Yeah. Um, I, I was a commercial pilot and I got off that path and I had to start over at the age of 27. I wasn't 
further as long as you were. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I also remember being younger, being told like I wasn't your traditional student. I'm not a standard student. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And you come through the system that tells you you can't be things or you're not going to do things or you're not cut out for certain things. You believe that shit. And then yeah, you, yeah. you limit yourself because you don't think you're able. You don't think you're capable. It's yeah, not yeah. in you. Put that shit to sleep. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. Well, and, and, it, and it's tough because I still battle. I still battle self esteem issues today. You know, I walk. I walk into facilities and places that, by by worldly standards, right? What the world says, this this checkbox system that we live in today. There's no way I should be where I'm at. Mm. There's no, way. and we haven't got that far, kind of in our discussion yet. But there's places and people I do business with that I shouldn't even see. Yeah, ever. But. By finding God and following this path and being thorough and honest and showing up and doing the, the next right thing, like God had a different plan for me. And, and no one will ever change my mind on that. You know what I mean? I, I, stand, I stand true in my faith in God and, and it's all God and it's all glory to him. And, you know, that's why I continue to serve and do what I do because like before that, before standing in that empty house at 31 years old and I said, God, please don't let me die. It was a shit show before then. Yeah. In my life, yeah, it was a little rough kind of finding my way because when you wreck your life for like 13, 14 years, like it takes a little bit of cleaning up. You can't be like, oh, I, uh, I burned the house down. Let's get this broom and dustpan yeah. and sweep it up real quick. We'll get it We'll get it built back up tomorrow. That doesn't work like that. And a lot of people wreck their lives or have trials and tribulations and it's like, oh, well, I've been doing good for like two weeks or like it's been like a couple months. Like, bro, you wrecked yeah. your life for like 10 years what do you mean and that that's what i was looking to get into next yeah. is like when you made this choice when you started surrounding yourself with the right <laughs> people and you started making different life decisions how long did it take for you to start seeing progress to start seeing that you're moving you're making moves and it doesn't happen overnight how long did it take oh man I, you know i had people around me that saw it before i saw it because i couldn't see it because i'm like head down like what did i get myself into you know, I'm I'm 30 something years old, you know, renting a room, barely have enough money to feed my three kids. You know, I used to pick my kids up and um, and they don't see this part of the story of the grind, you know, picking my kids up and 30 something years old, you know, almost 35 years old with $20. So I take them to the McDonald's drive through and I used to buy them a 20 piece nugget, a large fry and three juice boxes and go take them to the park because I couldn't afford to buy them each individual Happy Meal. Right. They don't see that. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't see the early mornings, the the rolling change, waiting for some check to come through or something to work or me selling all my construction tools uh, and selling my motorcycle just so I could survive. You know, they don't see that. You know, they're like, oh, man, it's cool. Look what you do, man. It's super awesome. And I'm like, yeah, but you didn't see this. You're not yeah. willing to do that. And this is after you made the, the, the decision. Yeah, decision to get my life together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Before I, you know, before. We started I, having priorities, though. Yeah, this is like five years in to change them. You know, I put down the drugs and alcohol and all that stuff. I'm five years in and, I, and I'm like trying to get my mom to still co-sign a car for me. And she's like, no way you're a degenerate still. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, what am I doing? Well, the reason why I'm trying to, <laughs> to, to bring this out is yeah, not to yeah. exploit you, but also, but just mostly just because people, I think they, they don't have the patience yeah. to see things through. Nah, and no. then if you're going to make a change in your life, you can't expect to see the results of your efforts after a month of making right decisions. Oh no. It takes years of years. constant, gentle pressure moving in the right direction. Yeah. That, that pressure of just, it compounds over time, but you yeah. have to, you have to have the endurance. You have to know that it's not going to happen overnight. When yeah. did you really start to see the, the, the benefit and reap the benefit of your effort of getting right? Oh man. I, man, there's so many, you know, and like, that's, that's another soft spot for me. You know what I mean? Like I just thinking about it, like where I'm winning, where I'm winning is watching my daughter pick up her honor roll. Mm. where it's watching my son hit a baseball, mm. you know, where it's, uh, 
you know, just showing up and being there and being present for my kids. You know, when I say I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there. Because I had a dad that said he was coming, he wouldn't come. Mm. You know, showing up for the little stuff and the big stuff. That's the win for me. Mm. You know, seeing other people come up, seeing that people come from nothing and, you know, buy a house or get a car or, you know, this stuff from the bottom of the bottom. That's what I love. You know, I love the underdog. I want to, I want to hang with the underdog. And, you know, you, we kind of touched on a, a little bit earlier about, you know, the, the people we run with when we're in that lifestyle. Like, I, I, I like the roughnecks. I like the degenerates. That's my people. Me too. That's why I love the restaurant yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, You know, and, and, and I love that space. And, you know, I'm all about helping people win. You know, if you're down to grind, if you're not down to grind, I can't help you. Yeah. You got to be willing to put in the work. And like, that's, that's where it falls short. Like everybody wants to show the nice, the this, the, you know, just like I talked about you, how you travel around in your car and you started this thing on a whim and all that. Like not a lot of people are willing to do that, but they, you know, like me, I'm like, man, I was starstruck over this guy's cool. I've been listening to him for years. <laughs> like, man, like I, I get to meet him in person. Like, Thank this you. is this is a gift for me. Thank you, man. You know what I mean? Because you got to remember, you're talking to a guy who was sitting in a Starbucks seven years ago, rolling, changing on food stamps, and just put up a food a a, a, a post about cooking food for people. I get it, man. And here we are. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, really? yo, I'm winning. This is yeah. a win. This is one of the wins for me. So there's different levels to it, but I try to be. Uh, uh, my mentor has told me, you know, you got to be, you got to be, you got to be going slow enough to see the postcards. Yeah. Like the postcards are like, you get the little note or you see, you see the sign, but if you're going too fast and rush your life, you'll miss it. Mm -hmm. So it's such these intricate pieces and networking. And that's where I get real joy. Yeah. And I think it's important to slow down and to make note of your, your wins. I think sometimes, especially entrepreneurs, we have this grand vision of where we want to be. And we constantly compare ourselves to that ultimate vision of what what we want. And sometimes we get beat up because we're not there, but we forget that we still have come a long way. We yeah. don't look back. And yeah, say, yeah, look yeah. what I have done. Yeah. I used to be there. Oh, now yeah. I'm here. Mm-hmm. And here isn't way up there, but it's definitely better than way back there. Yeah. You know, and I'm moving in the right direction. We don't celebrate the small wins. Yeah. Um, but it also sounds like for you, a lot of where things started to turn around uh, is when, at what point did you get down to 210 pounds? Uh, it took me, it took me about two and a half years. So what year is this? 2000. So it's like, uh, so around about two, 20, I'd say 20, 2012, okay. right around there. And it was around so, 2010 then that you had this had, epiphany. Or, yeah, 2000, it was, uh, it was 2009, July of 2009 when okay. I was sitting in an empty house. So it sounds like when... So two, it was about two and a half years of me getting my life together, you know, remove myself from the drug and alcohol scene and partying and just wrecking my life. Yeah, and slowly... So, and, and I was like, you know, you, you start, <laughs> you stop drinking every day and like start taking care, you know, and, and all that stuff and all that damage. Like I look down and I'm like, damn, I was, I'm 270 pounds. Like I haven't been healthy for a long time. Like I used to be a pretty healthy dude. I used to play basketball and yeah. stuff as a younger man. And, and I was like, wow, what happened? You know, st- what happened? Was a great story. It's like, I was standing around with my good friend and uh, I'm gonna call her out. Lisa Flynn. I hope she listens to this one day. Um, standing around with her and a group of friends. She has her arm around my waist and she goes, nice love handles. Ooh, and I'm burn. like, wait, wait a minute. I'm not fit. <laughs> like <laughs> hey, hey, what happened? And so I just started going to the gym, you know? Um, and you know, just started working and it was not easy. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't even move, run like a quarter mile. And I'd be like, what am I doing with my life? And so it was sure it took me about a year, year and a half. And I lost that 60 pounds. I got down about 208 right now. I'm about 225. You know, I went through like, I got, I lost all the, lost all the weight and put some muscle on. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just been like that for me now. Now it's a part of my lifestyle. And that's where I kind of resonate with Dave Goggins. Cause like he, he lost a bunch of weight. It's part of his backstory and he, he stays consistent. It's yeah. consistency. And you touched on is like, 
consistency beats everything. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't care where you come from, rich, not rich, uh, you know, family, uh, you know, love, no love, whatever. If you stay consistent, like nothing beats consistency Mm -hmm. because eventually that, that person that has money or that person that's entitled or whatever, they're just not going to get up at six o'clock in the morning. They're just not built like that. So like you won't outwork me. I don't care where you come from, how much money you got or whatever thing you got. Like, that's great. And I'm proud of you. And I'm and like, I'm not trying to take what you have. I'm trying to build my own thing. But just know, like, I'm not going to allow you to work, outwork me. But, it, but, but the reason why I'm curious about, like, when you got to this point of your, your physical fitness, because mm-hmm. it sounds like people started to notice what you achieved. Then you started yeah. helping other people achieve yeah. what you achieve. Yeah. And it sounds like this is where you really, really started to connect with your why. And you found purpose. You found, like, I, I'm good at this. Yeah. Um, people are recognizing what I have achieved for myself mm-hmm. and I can help other people get here too. And yeah. I think it's when we find out, like when we get to that point where we can help other people mm-hmm. get what we have is it's like, that's like your self actualization. Yeah. Like your purpose in life. Right. Yeah. Um, is it, am I, am I, I don't want to write your story. But no, like, no, I, I think you're right. I think you're just articulating it better than, you know, I, I guess for me, like it just came like I helped, I helped my buddy John lose the weight. And then, you know, I got into the personal training industry and again, it was tough to make ends meet. You know what I mean? I was like, man, I started the whole, I didn't start off like, oh, I'm going to be this meal prep guru and this is going to be great. It's a great business model. Like I was like, hmm, I'm broke. Uh, I'm living on about a hundred bucks a week in food. I'm portioning all my food. What can I do? I'm going to offer to cook for people. Yeah. It's a good little side hustle. I'm going to make, you know, I'm charging 150 bucks for 10 meals. It's going to be great. I could do it. And I could still personal train on the side. And then it started rolling and uh, you know, she was my girlfriend at the time, but my wife, Chelsea, the co-owner of this company, you know, we're, we're in the car one day. I'm with my buddy, Tim, who helped get this thing off the ground as well. Uh, much respect and big love to my guy, Tim Wilson. Um, and we're in the car one day, you know, and I'm personal training and cooking and burning both ends of the candle, as they say. And I just like bugged out on Tim on something stupid, like, or just totally like flip the script, like rage out, you know? Yeah. And she's like, yo, and we got home and she's like, look, you need to either cook or personal train. You need to decide what are you going to do? And I'm like, I'm going to cook and started cooking on our house in Jensen beach. And she was still working for corporate. Uh, she was working for FP and L uh, and she was a, uh, she was an executive admin and she used to complain cause her whole, all her wardrobe would smell like food. Cause I was <laughs> cooking in the house all the time. And, um, you know, we just, we just leveled up from there. My kids still laugh and tell the stories. I remember we used to go to Walmart and buy all the containers off the shelves and you'd cook all weekend. And, you know, and th- that's the, the you know, but that's as they've gotten older, like they see that they see the grind and the hustle and they know about business. So yeah. that, that's, that's a great thing. I get to share with my kids, but, uh, I've, that's where I turned the corner, man. Yeah, man you know? I think now's a good time to take our first break. To thank our sponsors. And we'll be right back to kind of start talking about how you found this niche and you live, you started living intentionally to scale it and grow it and what you learned the hard way. I started this podcast because I have a passion for serving people in the restaurant industry because they have a passion for bringing people together with the ultimate love language, their cooking. But with all that cooking comes great, giant, greasy piles of pots and pans, and we can't waste our valuable time with endless sink changeovers, so we must upgrade to Don Professional Pot and Pan. Don Professional Pot and Pan cleans 58% more pots and pans than the leading competitor, less dish soap, fewer changeovers, and more time doing what we love, bringing people together with the ultimate love language, food. Not to mention, Procter & Gamble Professional also provides a wide range of disinfectants for your business needs. Get the cleaning disinfecting products you need and the peace of mind you deserve. Dog Professional, it's clean, upgraded. We're back. And now what I would like to start doing for the listeners is really just painting the picture of how you, I mean, what your vision was and how you started living intentionally to, 
to execute and get to where you are today, diving into the good, the bad, the good decisions, the bad decisions, you know, <laughs> I want to learn everything. And this is unique too. just, I don't, I think you're my second ever meal prep company I've interviewed. And I think it's important if you're in this industry that there's so many verticals, like we're working with food. There's a, a lot of different opportunities. And I think it's important to show people the, the different ways you can take food and make a business out of food. Um, so I, I don't know much about the prefix meal um, operation, so I'm going to be super <laughs> curious here. So get into it. Oh, man. So like I said, you know, um, put up a post, started cooking for people, and learned about meal prep. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not formally trained uh, in culinary or anything like that. I just knew, uh, you know, how to portion meals and how to eat healthy, and that's what I kind of rolled into. You know, I'm not, uh, not going to lie. You know, I, I, went to, I went to the good old resource of Pinterest, you know, <laughs> to create some variety and just started tweaking recipes. Yeah. Um, and, and, and built from there. Um, started off and, but you had a unique skill. You didn't have, you weren't cooking, you're cooking for, I'm sure to to make things taste good, but you were also combining that with, I'm cooking to help people gain weight, muscle and lose fat. Yeah. So you had a a niche and intention, like a specific way of cooking. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, and like I said, when I said we used to get, I would get recipes and just tweak them. Like I would take all the bad stuff out of, out of recipes and they're still equally flavorful. It's just you're just removing some of the bad components, cutting down the fat, yeah. the salt content, uh, things of that na- nature. Um, you know, any you know, especially the saturated fats and the carbohydrates and stuff. In excess, again, will put on cal- unneeded calorie. Um, and I know there's a lot of different op. You know, I'm not trying to get into the whole uh, dietary. You know, uh, eat this, eat this diet and this is what you're going to lose. And I know there's tons of stuff out there in the market and I'm not trying to split hairs with anybody, but there is something to be said about balanced nutrition. And that's where I've always kind of stood um, in my space of what we do. Um, so yeah, we just started developing uh, menu options, variety, a lot of cross utilization. Um, so what we developed here at Fit Fixins was an eight week rotating menu. And what that means over the eight week cycle that on every delivery day, which occurs twice a week, uh, we deliver to, you know, residences or offices uh, directly to their doorstep twice a week, insulate a cooler bag with an ice pack. Everything's prepared fresh. Our, our menu is 100% gluten-free. That's something we've always done from the start. Um, you know, reduced sodium, low glycemic, all, all that type of stuff that falls under the healthy healthy outline you know, of a, a healthy meal portion. Uh, but what we do that's kind of unique is that every delivery day, there's a completely different menu to pick from. Okay. Um, we over that eight week cycle, we offer about 250 different meal options. And for anybody that's in the food service industry, you know, picture a uh, picture a menu with 250 options menu. on. Yeah. You know what I mean? And different serving sizes as well. You know, we do three different serving sizes. We got a keto menu, a plant based menu. Uh, we do a specialty prep, and we do uh, something that's pretty exclusive as an elite prep, which we got into the professional athlete space. Uh, do a lot of work with that. We do some customizations and things like that. So uh, that, that, that's a very niche community, uh, niche community for us uh, that we work with. And that's been a blessing. A lot of, you know, a lot of cool stuff, met a lot of cool people through that. But so, you know, we just want to offer affordable, healthy meals to people. That's always been our kind of outline and our intention. Uh, we just, you know, we, we handle all the logistics here in house because I've tried the shipping uh, third party option. I just don't think they take care of our product like we take care of our yeah. product. And I think it's great and growth. And when you say a, product, you're talking about the food, but you're also talking about the experience, the yeah. friendliness, yeah. the, the, Hey John, how are you yeah, today? Exactly. Like, yeah. You know, and, and, and a lot of people have the same route and they develop relationships with their, you know, with their 
their route and their people on their route. So it's very familiar. Um, also, you know, in the meal prep industry and a lot of people don't realize is like, I don't, I don't have the option to come over to your table and be like, Hey, Hey, uh, John, how you liking that food? Is that good? Oh no, I don't care for that. It's, Oh, let me take it back to the kitchen and, uh, let me make you a fresh dish. You know what? I'm going to comp you a dessert too, since you had a little issue and appreciate you coming and, but you know, you get to talk them up like me. The food shows up, and if a second, you know, a third-party vendor or someone delivered, the box is cracked, the food's turned upside down. I, I can't fix it, and they got to yep. wait at yep. least twenty-four hours before I can get them fresh food out. So it's like, it's very crucial in how we present everything, how it looks in the box, how it tastes. Like we got to hit it. Yeah, we got to hit it spot on. We don't get like a do-over or real quick. Let me fix this, or you know, it's a little different, um, especially when a lot of the you know. Uh, a large, a very large percentage of the orders are all placed online. So there's not a lot of like, there's client interaction, but not your, you know, traditional client interaction that you would see in a, in a traditional restaurant setting. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of nuances that were new to me uh, when I first started and we've just kind of crawled, fell down, stumbled and, and got to where we're at today, you know, seven years of business. So how much has the business evolved since the beginning as far as oh the, the offering the, I mean, I, I know you started in your apartment or your house, whatever it was. I know that's probably wasn't legal. <laughs> Definitely um, not legal. That is not legal. So, I mean, but at the same time, and, and I'm, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not a consultant. I'm not an expert. Like, I don't know what kind of like disclaimer I need to put in here. <laughs> I, but there's a part of me that feels like I encourage people to, to, kind of break the rules a little to getting yeah, started because that's how you got to You got to do what you got to do to get started. And like, is don't, I mean, once you get to the point where you can do it right, do it right. But if you can, yeah. if, if, if doing it right is out of your reach, do what you got to do to, to get to that point. And if that means cooking out of your apartment and, and getting paid under the table from a couple of friends, yeah. then do that. Yeah. Um, but just know that like that runway short, you know, and like do what you got to do to get right. Uh, but what point did you start? When did you start to like go from just, you know, cooking for friends to like, oh, I have clients and I maybe have to legitimize the operation? What? How long did it get to that to that point? Well, it it took me like I don't know. I was cooking out of the house maybe three months tops. I always knew like I, I spent a little time around food service, you know, as a younger man, um, you know, worked in some restaurants, things of that nature. Uh, so I knew what I was doing wasn't 100% legit. It doesn't fall under the cottage law because of the amount of protein you put in a serving. You're serving, uh, you know, it, it's it's all in a ratio What's thing. What's the cottage law? Uh, the cottage law is where you can do like baked goods, things like that. It's it's the it, and I'm and again I don't know specifics per state, but every state varies on the the percentage of protein you have in a serving that you're selling. That what allows you to fall under the cottage law. So be, being that we're serving, you know, eight ounces of protein, which is Cause it's the know, protein that can get people sick. Exactly. Yeah. If it's not handled correctly, things of that nature, that that's where your, you know, foodborne illness can occur yeah. from bacteria, things of that nature. Um, so things like that. So I knew that and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm going to try it out. See how this thing is rolling good. Now it's like, it's time to get a place. Yeah. Uh, so but, what, what do we need to know? What did you not consider early on? Um, you know, if you're doing it all over again, tell us what you did oh and gosh. what you would have done differently. Oh my God. How much time we got? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, you know, there's so much, there's so like there, and there's not like a lot of like, Oh, did that totally wrong? Um, like I said, I wasn't formally trained. I didn't know food lost 30% when you cooked it. I would buy 10 pounds of chicken, go to plate up 10 pounds of chicken and be like, Hey, I'm short. Yeah. And I'm at Walmart buying more chicken at two in the morning while I'm packing food. Like, oops, that's a mistake. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> things of that nature, just to be 100% candid. Um, and then just, man, just logistically do not, you know, Delivering early in the morning is not the way because you can't get people to come to work. Yeah. You, you, if the delivery route leaves at 5 a.m., 6 a.m., you're hard-pressed to get people to show up to run your delivery route. You're better off doing deliveries in the afternoon or the evening. You know okay. what I mean? How That's, long did it take you to figure that out? Oh, gosh. I would say that it was, prob- it was probably at least a year or so, a year, okay. a year to two years. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, gosh, this is a nightmare. So get it into the logistics Um the point where you think that you started to, f- to figure stuff out as a, like a <laughs> legitimate meal prep like company where you're, you're you found some rhythm yeah. and you found some some you know streamlinedness. Yeah. Like, what did that look like? Take us through the user experience and and then maybe the the back end operational logistics of how you executed. So you know what we do the you know j- just the flow of it how we take orders. Uh, we used to do everything manually over the phone. It used to be spreadsheets. Mm-hmm thing like that and it gets cumbersome you know because you're, you're you're manually entering data so you 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 have the you know have the human error factor mm-hmm. something to get measured right something didn't did this they didn't portion it you know correctly so um being very calculated in our ordering and that process which now this took years you know what i mean and people didn't know i think at times is like how small we were you know what i mean and they're like oh they were almost like what do you mean you don't you know what i mean i'm like well we're just growing and you know kind of learn as you go and so different stuff's like that as far as the just the production side of food and the process of how we prepare food the timeline the shelf life um so we run on a very tight window so uh you know everything comes out on like a 60 40 split so you know, our Sunday, our, our Sunday delivery is the heavy side of our delivery schedule, right? So if you get, ten, if say if you're getting 10 meals a week, you're getting six on Monday, four on Wednesday, right? So in between, so if you're doing 60, 60, 60% of 3000 meals, you're preparing that food from Friday and putting it in a box Saturday and delivering it Sunday. Mm. So we're doing the equivalent of a restaurant's week of orders in about Two and a half days. Well, you didn't start there. I mean, that's no, where you no, are no. now. Yeah, yeah. That's where you didn't start. But we, we started off. But again, it was all it's all relative. Yeah. We were still delivering on that same schedule. So it was always having the people in place and, and moving like the linear process of what we do. Because we're, you know, everything gets prepared, gets boxed and goes out. We don't have that secular flow of a restaurant. You know what I mean? So it's, it's very calculated how we produce stuff, what's ready, uh, shelf life and all that stuff that's calculated. So it is for the in consumer. So the, the, the experience is enjoyable as possible and the food stays fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that's why we do the two deliveries a week. So there's always, there's always a fresh menu being prepared. Um, and, and the food is in the, the food is being rotated correctly as a, as a, as according to shelf life of, of a fresh product. Cause we don't put any preservatives or anything like that. So that's stuff we had to learn. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't mix certain stuff or stuff's got to be prepared on this day, not this day because of the shelf life, mm. you know, your salads and stuff have got to be done kind of, I don't want to say last minute, but one of the last things you pack in box because it's green. It's leaves in, and again, we hold everything here. At, you know, forty to forty-two our coolers just to keep it a little bit colder than you know, you know, a, a, as cold as possible for as long as possible. And then once we put it in a bag, it's ice packed. It's in an insulated cooler bag inside of another insulated cooler bag, and it's delivered directly. And we have a limit on our delivery routes to hold food temperature so it doesn't exceed. But again, you 
you know, you get it to a customer, they let it sit outside. So we got like, we have to make sure we're covering all those bases on our end for food quality because it's going to affect the flavor okay. on the back end. So uh, just putting people in place, our team, I, I couldn't do anything we do without our team. You know, I've had a great team of people around me. I had a great, I've just had great people along the way that help us build. Yeah. Some people have come and went, uh, went on to bigger and better things, but uh, at our core value, it's just, been, it's just been a very much a learning process. And a lot of people put in a lot of input and little stuff we still do today. Um, I had some people tell me they can't do that. It's too much. You know what I mean? And they're no longer here either. So, um, you know, for whatever reason, but let's go back to, sorry, like, sorry. no, you're doing great, man. But I really want to pick up some like details about how you evolved as a business. Um, so you, you started just cooking for people that you knew, mm-hmm, right? That's correct. And then from there, when did you start to get to the point where you're getting clients that you don't know? How long did it get to that point where you're like, now you're getting organic leads or how were you getting these leads? Was, yeah. was it word of mouth? Or was it marketing? So, you know, we start, you know, Everything we created was from a Facebook post, like I said, in 2014. Uh, we've never paid for any really large marketing campaigns. It's all been through social media. So anybody that's out there starting a business, food business or whatever, utilize social media. It's your greatest friend. Uh, we st- And I didn't even know I was doing this till I heard somewhere else and somebody's like, oh, that's what you did. You know, like I I used all the Facebook friends, you know, spread it, spread it that way. Uh, friend of a friend, tell this, and you know your clients are your are your best advertisement. You know if your food's good and you do a good job, like they're going to tell somebody else. You know they'll tell three people you do bad, they're going to tell ten. That 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 holds true. You know, yep. um, and kind of uh, you know, bur- not burnt up, but you know, utilize my Facebook resources, and then kind of grew out from there. And it just it just it just grew organically. You know, we created a website and. Uh, in our, you know, we are a, a smaller area. We're a population about three, about 300,000 here in Port St. Lucie. So, um, as far as a Google listing and stuff like that, like we never played for any SEO or nothing. We were just kind of new in the meal prep game. Yeah. Like I said, we've been this in it. This is 2014. Yes. Right? It's tw- 2014. So the meal prep industry was still kind of on the growth. There's yeah. a, there's a couple companies here in the state of Florida that have been open maybe two or three years longer than me. Yeah. Um, they, they have a different model. They do a great job as well. Um, but like I was talking to somebody the other day and like, Oh, you're like an OG of the meal prep game. And I'm like, yeah, cause you see a lot of it nowadays. Um, again, every, you know, uh, you, you gotta do your research, you know, what are you looking for? Um, you got, you, you know, you got your price point shoppers, you got your quality shoppers, you got, you know, people that support local small business. So it's really like, it, it's, there's something for everybody so you're out saying there. Start with your end product. Who who's your target market? Who are you cooking for? For you, it was athletes and fitness. No, no, not- that the athlete thing came on about two years in. Okay. So originally it was, um, you know, just busy people. You know, um, trying to keep people out of the drive-through. Okay. You know, showing people that they could eat healthy for an affordable price point. Um, it tastes good, and that's the biggest compliment I can I think I ever get from people is like. They're like, oh, you know, they'll know me for, I got people that know me for years, right? Know what I do to be like, Hey man, you know, I tried your food. It was really good. I'm like, thanks. We've been doing this a while. Like, but people have this, they hear healthy and they're like, they're going to serve me chicken and broccoli, you know? And I'm not going to like it, mm-hmm. but they don't, you know, they don't realize we do chicken enchilada casseroles and cheeseburger wraps and different stuff like that. And people are like, Oh geez, I thought you could not have cheese. No, it's all in, it's all in moderation mm-hmm. and it's all about balanced nutrition. And, uh, you know, and that's what, that was always our, our target market is people that are working, you know, 
40 to 60 hours a week, whether it's mom, dad, you know, uh, the pool guy, uh, the law enforcement or first responder, whomever it be. Um, because a lot of people in that space are so busy, you know, uh, nurses, medical, you know, anything like that, that are just on the go. Other business owners that want something healthy and just get tired of eating like the same old, same old. That's why we rotate the menu and we just try to offer healthy, convenient, uh, well-balanced nutrition. And has always been our target. And, you know, our, we, we, you know, we have, we have an age group type of thing. You know, it's, it's typically 25 to 35 is really our, our niche market. But we do, we go, we go from 18 to 80. You know, we feed all kinds of people. Um, we do stuff for seniors that are, you know, kind of homebound or, you know, people with different special needs, thing like that. So we, there's a lot of specialty stuff we do that other meal prep companies don't do as well. Uh, you know, specialty diets, uh, things of that nature. And we do macro based builds and just full customizations, which is something we developed. And everyone told me I was crazy. You can't do that. You know? So, so let's, let's, let's imagine you're sitting in my seat right now. Yep. Uh, it's 2015. You're mm-hmm. a year into this. And in your seat is the most successful meal prep operation out there. What questions are you asking yourself back then? Oh, I asked them. They wouldn't answer me. They <laughs> what asked questions them, you're asking. Hey, like, uh, where do you get bags from? Um, how do you do this? Uh, you know, how, how do you, how do you process, you know, how do you produce this much food in this timeline? Like, what's this look like for you? Uh, what's a resource, a vendor, uh, anything. They just don't want to talk to you. So what information <laughs> could you give that person who's listening to this? Right oh now? man. Like that would be a deal, like a, like a, like a game changer. It's like, Oh, if I just changed this one little thing. Or if I did this differently, like get into that stuff. Oh, uh, get your money up front. Rule number one in business, meal prep business, get your money up front. If I tell anybody, I I talk to a lot of people that are starting off meal prep companies and I try to be open door with a lot of people because that was my answer when I reached out to other people in the industry. They didn't want, they didn't tell me nothing. Like basically like figure it out because they uh, greed, growth, whatever. They were going to feed everybody in the state of Florida food. I don't know what it was, you know, but it's not reality, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So they didn't want to share any information. So I had to figure it out, but. Uh, one thing I had to learn was get the money up front. So how are you making sure you get the money up front? Uh, you just tell people because you're because people don't understand in meal prep, you get a lot and it's crazy. And I don't think people walk into restaurants and do this, but they definitely do it in the meal prep space. Like, hey, can I get some samples? Like what? Like you go to a restaurant, you just eat there and you pay for it. And if you don't like it, you don't go back. But me, I got to give you free food. Like what? Like, no, like it wasn't free for me to get it here. Yeah. You know, so that's always a, always an oddity for me. Um, so how do you, how but, do you but typically we, collect? But, yeah. So uh, sorry to get back to your point is like, so what we started doing, like, because I would, somebody would verbally say, Hey, I want food tiger. You know, I want some food on Monday. No problem, man. Start cooking some food over the weekend. But Sunday they text you, Hey, you know, I'm going to pass on the delivery. I'm like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. Like, what do you mean? Like, I don't have no money. Like they, I, I bought product and everything. And now they're telling me they're not going to pay me for their six meals they ordered. Mm. And I'm like, wait, and I'm like, no. And then I had to be like, no, you have to pay for at least what you've got. Like I can stop the rest of your order. And most people would pay, thankfully. But I got the bad checks and yeah. all that stuff. So um, we went to, this is before the whole cash app thing and all that stuff kind of came about. Again, you're talking 2014. So um, we started, you know, I started taking, I, I, they said they wanted food. I'm like, good, give me cash. Or, you know, and then we got into um, processing credit card. We got, a, you know, credit card processing was like, a big thing for us um, initially because like I need your money. Like you want, Oh yeah, no problem. Here's how much you owe. They're like, Oh, uh, okay. I'm like, Nope. 
There's no COD. It's yeah. pay now. Yeah. So you like, know what I mean? So if, you would collect their credit card information over the phone. Yeah. Or, or do you have a, a website where they're basically, no, I'm, I'm assuming there's probably a, a level of automation now. Oh yeah. That's all automated now. But yeah. back in the day, it was all manual. Like, yeah, can I take your order? You know, and I'd enter it all in over the phone and. So what is, in your opinion, um, the best approach to streamlining that process of, of collecting payment and putting the order in? Uh, build a, get a website. Okay. Get a website. Get a website built. Um, there's a lot of different uh, meal, uh, meal prep company providers out there that, that have meal prep software. It really streamlines your process. So what are some of these meal prep software, or is it like a WordPress plugin or something like that? Uh, we're... we're we're currently, I'll plug them and I hope they're listening. And we're currently using uh, Sprout. Okay. Um, and, what is Sprout? Uh, Sprout is a meal prep software program. Um, so they they kind of handle all the back. They it, It's just, it's just so, the, the... So POS the, is to restaurants and Sprout is to virtual... Yeah, yeah, prep. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they, they, they kind of specialize in the uh, meal prep space. We used to use... Uh, but formerly we were with a meal track. They do a great job too. They're just some... Uh, little little tools and uh, bells and whistles that they didn't offer that Sprout. So we just recently switched over to Sprout. Both great companies. We did a lot of growing with meal now truck is, as is well. Is Sprout something that's uh, attainable for somebody who's starting, say, tomorrow? Or yeah, they have different levels. And again, I don't know their whole uh, marketing pitch, you know. Uh, again, my, my, my wife and co-owner, that's kind of her lane of the business. I kind of... I know enough about it just to be knowledgeable, but however, like my lane today stays in pretty much in uh, advertising, marketing, outreach, and stuff like that. So I don't want to like, no, I, understand I, I don't want to destroy like everything that uh, <laughs> that they may do, and then I'll butcher it and it'll be like, yo, you gave us a terrible <laughs> plug on uh, Restaurant Unstoppable. Thanks for nothing, dude. I'm like, oh, sorry. Well, what point do oh. you start implementing this technology? Uh, that so I would say, and I'm terrible with timelines, so I apologize, everybody. If you ever want the full detail of date and uh, accurate time, Please feel free to reach me, reach out to me, and I'll put you in touch with my wife. She'll give you day by day. Uh, <laughs> but um, that's just how my mind works. But uh, I would say oh, it was probably I don't know, probably about th- probably about three or about three or four years in. Okay. It went automated. It was like, like a 2017. Two, like yeah, somewhere yeah, somewhere around there, and it was like. Oh, we thought it would be the greatest thing ever, but all our clients were used to calling on the phone and we used to do stuff different. So there was a change and it was like mayhem and soothe, you know, like, how do you do this? And all, and it was like, so anytime like you're in business and you change stuff, your clients are going to freak out. Don't worry about it. Just be consistent. Walk them through it. Help them out. You will grow. They'll stay with you if you got a great product. Just know like, it doesn't matter what you change. Like you could, you know, we change something, we make a little tweak and it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. I can't figure this out. And then, you know, so through teaching and walking through it and they're like, oh, this is great. And we got people like, this is a great this is so fluid and we love it and we're so glad we found you. And I'm like, you so know, get, you got other in, people ripping you apart. <laughs> get, into, get into Sprout. So you guys use this and I know it's not your lane. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. As I don't far want to butcher it Big picture. You went from taking uh, orders over the phone. Yeah. You went to Sprout immediately. I went to, we went to meal track first, then Sprout. Okay. But same thing, uh, online ordering platform. Um, how did that impact your business? How, how did you become more efficient? Did your expenses great. go up or did you, were you more profitable with this? Um, no, I, 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 our expenses, our expenses came down because we're being more calculated because we've got our orders in, we've got a cutoff time. We know how much product we need to bring in. Uh, there are fewer it, mistakes. 
yes, fewer mistakes. Not, not it's not obsolete though because we're still there was still a little bit of manual aspect to what we do, and you know again human error comes into play. It could be a miscalculation, some math stuff like that. So again, no fault of meal track. Please let me state that uh, more human error than anything communication. Uh, I've been guilty a time or two to maybe take some orders past the cutoff point, which my <laughs> staff always loves. Um, but I, again, I, I, I work with some people that, um, that I like to get food too quickly when they ask. And I, I'm a strike by the irons hot type of guy. So I'll make it happen. Yeah. But I'm, I'm assuming when you use a tool like sprout or if, uh, the other one, meal track, track meal track. track yeah. There, these are systems and processes that yeah. somebody else created. Yeah. And instead of creating your own systems and yeah. processes to get th- the, the collect payment, mm-hmm. to enter the order, to yeah. organize where it's yeah. going and all that, you're, you're creating something that a coder built that you yeah. would never be able to recreate with your, yeah. With Not your unless you want to spend uh, thousands and thousands of dollars. So yes, or, it is, is yeah, affordable for like, small business, you know, programming school and learn yeah. to do it yourself. Yeah. But like you could, it's just a system that you're plugging into your business. Right. Yeah. Um, and immediately it sounds like you started getting a return. Um, okay. Going back to that original question on the, like, what are the different things that you wish people taught you how to collect payment? What else? Yeah. Um, so it, it just, it just allowed us to cl- collect payment more fluidly, do inventory based off like, because they would do a, you know, we would get a, a printout of, you know, the, the amount of meals we're getting and stuff like that. So we were able to project, you know, do inventory, order our order from our food purveyor and everything like have it, have it there. And it was tangible because it's all being collected electronically. Mm -hmm. And like you said, like the price point alone, just to have a website or something like that, that build is like astronomical for small business. Yeah. So we looked around, like there wasn't a lot out there. Cause again, we started off new in the game. Like now we come along, like there's multiple meal prep, uh, companies or software companies out there that weren't around in yeah. 2014. So, so I'm curious if, if, if you're driving a six speed manual car, mm-hmm. right. And if our current day and time is six gear, what gear were you in when you shifted into these, these softwares? Oh, wow. Uh, I don't So you're saying, did it, did it speed up? Cooking for your your friends was first gear. Oh yeah, second I gear mean. was finding you like getting a commissary. Third uh, gear was you know what I'm saying. Like what were the yeah. the different gears in your business that help you go up a different level? Like the oh yeah, yeah. I mean, when we you know just adding adding the customer service aspect of it. When did that know, come to? Yeah, that came in probably when I started to take stop taking calls. It was probably after about year one. I still okay. took some, but I had someone there on the phones uh, to do that. It just becomes and I hear. And I heard, and I've, and I've heard this from your podcast is like, you can't, you know, you, you got to work on your business, mm-hmm. not in your business. If you want it to grow for anybody in a business setting, a lot of people micromanage their business in the ground. And I think a lot of people get caught up in the, in the profit margin side of things. Like they want to make the most money, Yeah. but are you really delivering the best product because you got your hands on everything and you're, you're basically strung out across work and you can't do it all. Yeah. So in the meal prep world, the working on your business is or making that shift starts for you. It started with getting to the point where you're no longer taking the orders. You're creating a system for somebody else to do that. But even beyond that now, if mm-hmm. it's, you know, for fast forwarding time, you can yeah. automate that with technology. Yeah. Yeah. Tech- technology is your friend. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that, like you said, switching gears, like, you know, we started off in first gear, me and everything brought on staff, moved to second gear, got a facility, moved to third, 
you know, moved to fourth gear, got some customer service. My wife came over full time, um, you know, got a bigger facility, uh, still doing stuff manually. You know, I'd say that's like in between fourth to fifth gear. And then, you know, started the online stuff and it was like sixth gear and we're rolling. Then like we hit overdrive, the better we got because like the software got better and, and things of that nature and our systems in house, our systematic approach to what we do. And we just, so maybe we, uh, I don't know how many gears I got on this car, but I'd say we probably just recently switched You're in a Ferrari now. You yeah. We're, 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 we're out of there. We're just 12 gears. We're just out of here. Big Mac has a bunch of gears. <laughs> and, um, how many gears you need? <laughs> just as many as you want. <laughs> so, um, just recently, um, we implemented Slack. Okay. Um, great, great communication tool. Cause we have so many moving pieces Yeah. and we would, and we did like an assessment in our business. And I think, uh, you know, for anybody that, you know, and we use someone here local, but we just assessed our business through our staff's eyes. What could we do better? And communication was the biggest hangup or communication amongst one another. And you think, oh, you're small business, you know, you know, 15 full-time employees, another, you know, 10 part-time employees. Like how much communication could there be? A ton. When we're producing all this food and everything we do and the people we work with and the different menu options we offer, like we have to... We have to communicate a lot of information because people have preferences, allergies, things of that nature. So we just recently implemented that and it's been great. It's been really great. So we're never, we're always looking on how to be better. Mm -hmm. You know, we're always looking for the next tool, the nuance uh, that's going to make us uh, be more fluid because anybody that's listened to it, you know, in the the food service industry, you know, your margins are lean. Yeah. I don't care what you're doing. If you're selling uh, $250 steaks or you're selling $2 tacos, like you got a, you got a certain margin you got to meet. And if you slip up in any way, in any portion of that, whether it's labor costs, cost of food or, or cost of goods or, you know, or, or anything in between, like you're, you're going to hurt yourself mm-hmm. and you're not going to make it. So, so I so think the systems really are beneficial in that accord. Dialing, going way back to that, or that other question I asked where I did the verse, you know, the, the role reversal, you're in my seat, you get to talk to somebody who's been in the, 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 the meal prep game for a while. Um, about that um what questions are you asking you like one how do you collect payment what was the, what's another question you wish you had the answer to when you're getting started oh my gosh um i i got a question right now anybody out there let me know like <laughs> how, do, how do you keep drivers like drivers is a, our achilles heel you know yeah. logistics can be tough that's kind of our and, and this isn't a plug on the on the the customer service staff of the restaurant industry but there are waiters and waitresses of our of our meal prep. No, we're starting, yeah. and this is a little plug right here. We're in the process of doing a native delivery course. I'm collaborating with a figure eight logistics. I could actually connect you with figure eight logistics. I know okay. it's, it's the restaurant industry versus meal prep, yeah, but I'm yeah. sure there's some overlay there. Yeah. They, they, and I've talked to some people in that space, but they do it like on a per order and we're not that we do a route, Yeah, you know, so we run a route out, you know, Again, here's a question I'd ask. And again, I don't know. It's like, how many routes are on a stop for this? Out? Like, what's your, like, how many stops do you put on your route? How, well, you know, what are the, the limiting factors? <laughs> like, how long you can Time. keep the food yeah, cold, yeah, exactly. right? Exactly. So that's the question is yeah. we can fit, we have X amount of time. Mm-hmm. To get so, how much time does it take to hit these different spots? Exactly. Can you get it all in. So, so you got that's like, your governor. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. you got a certain window, but I didn't know that. Yeah, like what's your window? Like, and I knew you know what's a when's a route too much. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, when's a route too little? Um, you exceed the window. Do, do do you charge for delivery fee? Do you charge for bag fee? Do you? you yeah. Yeah, there's a delivery fee. So, yeah. what is your delivery fee? How do you figure? Uh, it it's it's based on radius. Okay. Uh, so we go we go three fifty five dollars and seven fifty and ten bucks. Three fifty. 
five dollars, five dollars, seven, seven fifty, ten, ten, based yeah. off of distance, from distance the from us, yeah, commissary. exactly. Okay, from from the production facility. So you know, and we operate out of a you know, uh, twenty seven hundred square foot production. So facility. what were those questions? Do you charge for delivery? Yeah. What were the other questions you asked? You charge for delivery. How big's the route? Um, how big do you make a route? Where do you get your bags from? Where do you get products? Uh, what type of containers do you use? So where do you get your products from? Uh, we we use a, we use a local fruit purveyor. We use Cheney. Okay, uh, we've been with Cheney for a few years. We've tried some others. So you don't go to Walmart anymore? Oh no, sir. <laughs> People still ask that. People are like, oh, see, so do you your wife cook all this? I'm like, mm, nope. <laughs> you guys get this from Sam's? I'm like, no, can't do that. So you use the same thing, a distributor, but just uh, yeah. dry goods. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we bring in a lot. You know, uh, we try to bring in as much fresh product as possible, and they they do that for us. They fill slots for us in their warehouse just for that. Um, so we're super thankful for them. It's been a, it's been a great relationship over the years. Like I said, I tried some other fruit purveyors, but Cheney's been a great fit for us uh, across the board. So reflecting um, reflecting back, anything that you wish you did differently? Um, anything I wish I would have did differently? Um, I would say maybe a change you made in your business that you wish you made change, that change earlier. Um, let's see, a change that I would have made earlier. Oh man, I think, I don't know, man. Cause I feel like everything happened for a reason. Like I really like, I think everything is critical in, in, in the path of growth. Yeah. Like if I don't have those experiences, those trials and tribulations, would I be who I am today? And that kind of goes back to my story that I started off with. Like there's a lot of lesson in that. And I think it, it's a lot of confidence builder that if I would have had somebody tell me or I would have, you know, I got to kind of cheat coded it. Would I be the same? Would I be better? Or are we better? Cause we, cause we worked through it and we got stronger and we fell down and we scraped our knee and we got back up and, you know, um, I think the, but I think the thing that jumps out most to me is I think I, I, I wish there was somebody to, to teach us uh, about the margins and how to watch them. We, okay. we, we actually brought someone in, this uh, gentleman by the name of Steve Wood, and he did a whole analysis for us, and he saved us. What were the biggest lessons he taught you? Uh, just about, just about the percentages and how to move thing around and, you know, cash flow and all that. Cause we were, and I get this call from people and I, I'm always happy to talk to them and share it with them now because like we were, we were on the business treadmill. Like we were making money and money was coming through, but it's like, where is it all at? Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what I talk about. You know, those margins, they're so, so they're so lean. And if you don't manage them and you don't check the temperature of what you're doing every single week, you know, or every couple of days, like you're going to get jammed up. If your labor, if your labor is too high, or your food cost is too high or whatever the case may be, if you don't, if you don't catch it in time, you're, 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 you're going to figure it out too late and you're going to be, you're going to be way jammed up. So he, this, this consultant, Mr. Wood, yeah, Steve it? Wood, Steve yeah. Wood, when he comes into your business, where not, don't tell me so much about what was, where your business was, but what things does your business have today that didn't have then that are having huge impacts on your profitability? Oh, we just, we just have a, we, so we have a whole spreadsheet uh, of analytical data that we enter in on a, on a weekly basis. And again, this is my wife's lane, so I'm not yeah. going to. 
I, I'm not going to get into that space. I'm just, okay. I, I, I know, I know about it, but I'm not going to split the hairs with you because that's not, that's not my space. Okay, to let's be. get into marketing then. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. But, uh, let's talk. What, what, yeah, I know yeah, your yeah. lane is marketing. What else is it? Yeah. Marketing, outreach, uh, relationships, networking, okay. uh, things like that. So talk to us. How are you? What, what, what do you think is the best way to promote your business? Oh, what I think the best way to promote your business is, is social media. Okay. Get out there. Um, get seen, be seen. Um, people don't realize that there's a lot of business I talk to. They don't even utilize social media. And I'm yeah. like, what are you doing? Or I'll ask them like, Hey, what's your Instagram? They're like, Oh, I don't mess with that. I'm like, what? I'm like it's 2021. What do you mean? I have an Instagram. Like I got to understand if you're like over 40 or 35 and you're like, I don't do TikTok or Snapchat. Like I get it. But like, if you're not on Instagram or you don't do Facebook, like what are you doing with your life right now? So what do you, what, what, has had the best return on investment for your effort when it comes to marketing and promoting what you're doing? Uh, I, I, I think the, the best return has, you know, again, I, I go to Instagram cause Instagram kind of came out when I was, when I was rolling out, um, and letting, you know, and the key and what people don't realize about social media allows, because I, again, I go back to like, I don't have a restaurant where people can come in and I can shake their hand and give them a dessert and talk to them and, you know, meet little Johnny and, you know, all that stuff. I don't have that experience. So I have to connect with my, with my, my client base and potential client base through social media. So what I do is, so I, I introduce them to me, to my life, to my family. And again, it's not for everybody and everybody's what do you different. Mean you introduce them to your life. Do you just, I, do yeah, you like- I just show them, you know, on my business page, I'll put in little family stuff or all, you know, uh, stuff with my wife, kids, uh, the charity work I do, uh, different things like that, because like, that's who I'm interested in doing business with. I'm interested in doing business with like-minded people that, that are, you know, um, have a little bit of charity and love in their heart and care and care about community. And I'm not saying that's everybody, you know, but I, I, I want to connect with my people. You know what I mean? Because I think that's key at the end of the day is, uh, the synchronicity, uh, the synchronicity and the synergy of life, uh, is just putting out the vibe and, you know, and God will put you with who you need to be with. But if you don't put it out there, like they'll never find you. Yeah. And that's you a know? big lesson I've learned. You can't expect, people to give you what you need unless you tell them what you need. You don't need to like, but just put it out. Like you don't have to talk to anybody directly. Just put a message out Yeah, and speak openly. You know, um, I'm going to put it out for Eric real quick. He's looking for an assistant, a videographer. <laughs> yeah, right. You guys apply. If, if Eric anybody Cacciatore, wants to drive around Instagram, the country, drive around the country. I'm, I'm plugging him right help, now. Help, he help. needs help. I'll put it out because he said it. Yeah, and uh, it's true, though. <laughs> if anybody is interested in driving around the country and just maybe you have yep. a marketing or like a social media or a media company that you want to work with restaurants, like I can help put you in front of some people. We Let's were talking about it before this. Let's Thank go. you for calling yes, me. Yes, yes, I am. I'm going. That's what I'm here for. That's, yeah. what, that's what we're about. Email me, Eric at Restaurant Stoppable. Yeah, he's. Look at, he's looking. He's looking for a Robin, the Batman. He said you do have to wear a leotard, but you, you know, get paid with a, <laughs> on the, an occasional free mail in my company. There you go. He's got. A, he's, he's, he's debonair too. You'll enjoy the company, I'm sure. Um, but so yeah, like the marketing and outreach and doing stuff and giving, give, give. You know, uh, I believe in it. I yeah. love it. I love to do it. And some people, I think people question it sometimes. Like, oh, you're doing that, or what for what? Just what are be, you giving? Whatever I can. Whatever's on my heart, whatever God puts on my heart is what I do. I don't question it. People question it a lot and be like, why? I don't know. It's just because it felt right. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do a lot of work in the not-for-profit space. Um, we didn't, we kind of didn't get into that. And I know we're on a time schedule, but like, uh, you know, through my outreach and marketing and Google and doing everything that I do, like I connected with, you know, I started working with professional athletes about two years in the business, about 2016, um, Jay Ajayi. 
Uh, I used to be with the Miami Dolphins. He actually won a Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles, a running back. Um, started working with him. So how'd you land him as a client? Uh, they found me. They found me on Google on the yeah. internet. Yeah. You know, meal prep company, Southeast Florida. They hit me up. I, I do find that hilarious. It's the, crazy because these, these these athletes that have the beautiful homes and beautiful kitchens and like they don't use them. <laughs> <laughs> here's the here's the great here's the great part about it, right? Just putting yourself out there, being being proactive as far as marketing, right? So I got the website, all that stuff, like you said, like making myself more fluid and, and reachable and expo- you know, so people can reach me. Yeah. So uh, the gentleman that reached out to me, Max Lepsetter, big shout out to Max, Max Management, great dude, still talk to him. Um, so he connected, he sent me, uh, he wanted to send some meals to a guy he was working with, uh, possibly working together, brought some meals to the guy, never heard from him, drove an hour and a half to deliver the food, whatever, never heard from him, just is what it is. From that, my name made it to... Uh, from Max to this guy, Josh in California, Josh made it to this lady in Texas, Texas, uh, the lady in Texas with JJ's agent, Jacqueline Dahl, who is now currently, uh, the agent for Patrick Mahomes. Some people may know him or not. He's, you know, he's a pretty good football player. Um, so Jacqueline was Jay's agent at the time and he was with the Dolphins. She reached out to me and all because I was willing to take a call, talk to Max and here we go. Yeah. Gets the ball rolling and connected with Jay and then I started working with uh, Marquise Gray was my second player. Uh, he was with the Dolphins tight end. Um, great guy. And then I started working with uh, Kenny Stills. Uh, Kenny, Kenny's my guy. You know, um, if I could say anybody, you know, talked to him the other day, but you know, he changed my business. How? He changed my business. He just put me in front of a lot of people, man. He's okay. a good soul. Um, good people did some charity work with him, different things like that. Very com- community minded. Uh, just clink, just, just, uh, just connected with him on, on, on a, just the whole synergy was good. You know, did a lot of stuff with him, did some camps and uh, some paintball events and different stuff. He's just that dude, you know, just good people. And he put me in front of a lot of people and the ball started rolling from there. I connected with the Dolphins nutritionist staff, uh, the Miami Dolphins. And then it's just been up from there. You know, we've worked with, I, I, I can't, I honestly don't know off the top of my head how many athletes we fed over the last. So this is like, so uh, I guess going on, so it was like 2016. So, like five five years or so, somewhere around four and a half five years, and the list is long. So what I'm hearing from you is it's almost like a like a hybrid kind of like influencer marketing, where you're associating yourself with these successful brands and networking throughout mm-hmm. those networks of athletes yeah. with word of mouth. So you, you tap yeah. into a market basically, yeah. and you I don't like I, I don't want to put word like what what how why did it work? Why did it work? Um, because God, God made it work. I was almost, <laughs> almost going to revert back to that. God made it possible. Um, I just showed up. Yeah. Um, I started showing up, being places, got invited to different places, doing events, and just made relationships with people. You know, and started. Um, what What advice do you have for making a relationship with somebody? Show up, show yeah. up. Be, you know, people always want something, but they don't want to do nothing. Like they like show up. Somebody's having a party, having an event, doing something. Show up. Show, show some support. You know, give back. Do something. It's not all take. Like you're looking to take and make money. How about you give something? Mm. How about you offer to donate? How about you, you know, anything, volunteer, show up, you know, and be that. And, you know, everybody's worried about the bottom line. I'm I'm worried about building friendships and relationships. Yeah. So I, I always, I always say my, 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 my network is far more valuable than my net worth to me. Yes. Cause I, cause I, cause I have formed relationships with people that are, you know, years in the making and, you know, 
guys I know getting married, having babies, and it's all through business. I didn't know them from any other time. It's just strictly business relationships, but I do my best to reach out on birthdays and holidays or you know special times where a memory might pop up on my timeline. I try to stay connected. Yeah. And there's a reason why show up is one. It's a little network restaurant unstoppable network plug here. It's one of our core values is to show up. Yeah, because uh, you don't get what you can. Like you got to show up to the events. You got to show up to the. Um, I'm I'm getting people like you, my my guests, into the network to to do peer mentoring. But you're not going to get the value from anything if you don't show up. You got to show up, and when you show up, the the universe starts to repay you. And I think. To, to compound off that, just me being willing to drive across the country and to show up in a community. When I show up, things just start to happen. People like yeah. what you said, like so and so knows so and so. So then that yeah. person knows this person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what you, people we just, had that talk before we got yeah, started. People right? just show up yeah, for yeah, yeah, you yeah. when you show up for Facts. them, and you show up on their front doorstep. They will show up for you. you oh, w- without a doubt. Yeah, because like I mean, that's you're you're a part of my story. Like when I, you know. For, you know, and people listening in, like, so I'm based in Port St. Lucie, so I'm an hour and a half north of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I have a large client base in Fort Lauderdale, Florida that I drive an hour and a half to deliver food to twice a week. And I started off doing it myself, and I used to listen to Restaurant Unstoppable on my drives. That, that, is, that, that is a shameless <laughs> plug. And, like, I felt like I, I felt like I knew you before you walked in the door, and I thought that was cool. You know what I mean? And, uh, and, and, and you know, and, and that's just it. And, like, people aren't, and we kind of talked about this before we got started, like people aren't willing to do like the stuff that it takes mm-hmm. because they, when people start seeing you show up and go the extra mile and willing to go to any length to do what you do, like they're like, Oh, you're legit. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're legit. Like you're the real deal. Cause there's a lot there. There's just, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors that go on and you know, don't believe I can tell everybody, don't believe everything you see on social media. There's a, there's a, you know, there's just a lot that goes on in the industry and, and I'll just, you know, kind of speak the meal prep in, in that accord, but there's just a lot of smoke and mirrors and stuff that goes on that like I know. And I, I'm again, I'm not trying to be the whistleblower or anything like that, but I try to tell everyone, just do your research, do your research, look in, you know, make sure you're getting what you're paying for. And it, I've just heard a lot of horror stories. And the sad part about it is, is that it affects the industry as a whole because they, they leave a bad taste for the word meal prep. Yeah. You know, and, and that, and then they're like, they're, they're, then people become gun shy of the meal prep industry, which is so new and kind of came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So if someone's never experienced meal prep and they have like a super bad experience and you say, Oh, and a meal prep kind of like, Oh no. Oh yeah. I dealt with so-and-so. I'm like, no, it's not. And I got to talk them off the ledge. Yeah. You know what I mean? They don't have a good experience. So, um, I think, I think that's, that's crucial. You know what I mean? Uh, is, is being a good representation of your industry Integrity. and, and, yeah, and, and doing the right thing. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? We, we got 13 minutes left. I know you have a hard 13. stop. Um, and I want to leave room for the speed round. Uh, but before we get to the speed round, I want to give you the question. I give all my guests before going to the speed round. Let's go. The mission statement is to inspire, empower, and transform the industry. I think we can transform the industry. We can transform the world. This, this industry, the food and beverage industry touches so many lives. Um, so how have you transformed? Who are you today versus the man you were when you were getting started in this industry? Wow. Um, Man, I, I've I've grown up more, you know. Um, it, it's caused me to grow. It caused me to. Um, this industry has helped me to uh, really pursue my passion, my labor of love, which is service. Mm-hmm. Um, my network and the people that I've come in contact with, uh, especially you know, and I'll speak to the professional sports industry. 
Um, it allows me to network and, and, and bring people together that wouldn't normally mix and uh, allow people to have life experiences. And that's the biggest, that's the biggest joy for me. And I'm able to give back. I'm able to give back to people in need. Mm. Uh, I think that's, you know, that's something special to me as well. We work, um, we work, we do some work here in the, in the foster care space, uh, here on the treasure coast. Uh, we do some work with four kids, CC kids. And again, I, like I said, uh, previously I sit on the board of the Albert Wilson foundation. So, uh, my, my whole slogan that I kind of stand, stand behind is uh, our community, our kids. And, you know, it takes they, a village. Yeah. And, and they are our future. So uh, we're very much responsible as I feel responsible as, as a business owner. And there's a lot of people in need. Um, there's a lot of people that go hungry tonight with no food. Yeah. You Thank know, you. and they're little kids. Thank you for bringing that to our and attention. And we do our very best to give away as much as we can afford to give away. Yeah. And um, sometimes to a fault, but it's bigger than me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Great and message. At the end of the day, it's like, uh, I just want to show up when I show up on, on, on the final roll call and know that I know that I gave it all, uh, of everything I had to, uh, make someone's life a little bit better. Awesome stuff, man. Thank you so much. I've loved this conversation. One more quick break to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back to bust out a true speed round. Today's episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs. And effective labor management is more important than ever to ensure your profitability and restaurant success. Trusted by over 400 restaurant professionals, Seven Shifts gives you the tools you need to streamline labor operations, communicate with your team and retain your talent. Best of all, Seven Shifts integrates with the POS and payroll system you already use and trust like toast, turning labor into a competitive advantage for you and your business. To get three months absolutely free, head over to www.sevenshifts.com slash unstoppable. That's the number seven S H I F T S dot com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free. Get on it. Here are four reasons why you need me's in your restaurant. One, it's the most accurate recipe costing tool on the planet. Never again waste time trying to find yields and converting unit measures or creating extra sub recipes just to account for yield updates because Mies has a database of thousands of ingredients and prep actions with yields and conversions built right into the interface. So you get immediate output of your costs and your conversions. That's huge. Number two, you will train your staff the right way and save countless hours. Your team sees in real time updates of all the recipe content. Plus, you can send notifications and answer questions directly through me's quickly and easily create slideshows with video and image so you can show your team exactly what they need when they need it. Here's the third reason why you need me's in your restaurant. You will reduce waste and execute with consistency. Me's enables you to make precisely the amount of food you need. And that's because every ingredient has automated unit conversions. Tell Mies how many portions you want, 
Watch your recipe scale automatically. Tell me how much yield you want. Watch it scale automatically. You can even enter the amount of ingredients you have on hand and then watch the recipe scale automatically. Here's the fourth and final reason why you need Mies in your restaurant. It organizes and shares your content like never before. Mies is like Google Drive specifically for the culinary operation. Here's your call to action. Go to getmees, that's M-E-E-Z dot com slash unstoppable and make sure you mention Restaurant Unstoppable when signing up to get three free months when you get the annual business plan. Get on it. We are back. And your first question is, what is your it factor? A habit, a trait, a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success? Always showing up, never giving up, and and just and just grinding. Ain't nothing to it but to do it. Let's run it. What is your biggest weakness? Oh, biggest weakness. Uh, I'm just a big softy. You know, I and I don't consider it a weakness, but like anybody that needs help and need, and it's still a fault sometimes. But like I'm, I'm trying to give. What is one question you ask or thing you look for when you're growing your team? Um, what's your dream? What is your biggest challenge? Ah, uh, my biggest challenge is. Uh, I would say cultivating a brand um, that that could be here uh, to you know to leave a legacy. And how are you dealing with that? Uh, we're, we're constantly evolving and trying to put people in place and continually educating ourselves to be better. Okay, share one code of conduct or behavior you teach your team. Show up. <laughs> mm, um, I am responsible, and quality matters through it all. Like. Mm. You know, the, the end game, we don't, we don't get a chance to walk up to the table. So the consistency of what we do is accountability. Yeah. I love it. What is one uncommon standard of service you teach your team? So it's something that's common within the four walls of your operation, but not common throughout the rest of the food prep industry. Can you re-ask the question? What is something that's like a way that you go above and beyond for service? So something that's common within the four walls of your operation, but not common throughout the meal prep industry. Uh, we go to any we we go to any length to to correct an issue, whether it's driving an hour and a half to drop off one meal, two meals. We'll do it. I love it. What is one book that's a must read to make us a better person or business owner? Can't hurt me, David Goggins. I love it. What is one thing you feel restaurant tours don't do well enough or often enough, and in your case, meal prep services? Uh, they, they don't engage their customer base enough. They don't stay in touch with them. Um, they don't ask them how they could be better and serve because like uh, everyone, people get their feelings hurt. You know, I want to mm-hmm. tell, I want people to coach us and make us better and critique us and oh, listen. Great stuff. Uh, name one service you've hired or outsourced to So this is somebody who does something better than you. So you've outsourced that to get it out of house. My videography and, and photography, Second Mile Media, best in the game. Second Mile Media is going down. Find plug. him on Instagram. Plug in with my guy, Chance the Shooter. Tell him Tiger Chance. Throw your face in front of that camera. Look at him. He's handsome. Throw, throw, there he, he is. He's taking ladies. He's taking. <laughs> uh, what is one piece of technology you've adopted within your operation? We already kind of talked about this a little bit. Uh, uh, Slack. You know, everyone's got a phone in their hand. And uh, we use Route Savvy too. It's another great app. Right. Uh, that, that's something too. See, my, Route Savvy, my beautiful. Brain. Yeah, Route Savvy, oh, Slack. What is Route Savvy? Career. Route Savvy helps you um, just logistically plan your routes, stops, all that stuff. Just calculated. Uh, you are able to put the, you know, you able to put the location in all that stuff. It's just 
we used again something we used to do manually do google maps and like yeah. plot you know again little time savers and my, my mind's kind of you know that's how my mind works as you tell when you ask questions uh, i feel like that could be used in any delivery so even if the restaurant if you're doing in-house delivery yeah and you have like a a, a bunch of deliveries yeah, you you got five, if you got anything over five deliveries plug it in the route savvy it's quick yeah you know and it's something accessible and you can actually send the routes to their phones and all kinds of stuff i but. love it awesome especially with the new direction i think there's gonna be a lot more delivery a lot more people yeah. ordering from home with covid19 i think that's going to be a change yeah. i think that things are going to go back to where people want to be in store in restaurant because we miss being shoulder to shoulder we miss the social aspect of dining Definitely. out but but more people are now comfortable with ordering out so using some of these tools that exist for yeah. delivery huge and i think you're gonna see a surge in meal prep too honestly yeah yeah and we're here you know what i mean and if anybody listening is in the meal prep industry please feel free to reach reach out to me directly yeah. I'm, I'm you know i know me and eric were kind of all over the place through the conversation <laughs> and that's how my my brain's kind of like a ping pong but like any questions that i can't answer my wife can and i just like to keep it 100 with people i'm not gonna both, <laughs> i'm not gonna both smoke up your ass and tell you i know every piece of it. Cause I can't, cause I can't, I can't be the best at what I do if I'm, you know, if I'm boiling water and also charging all the credit cards and all that stuff. Truth there. This is the last question. Are you ready for it? Yes, sir. If you got the news, you'd be leaving this world tomorrow. All the memories of you, your work and your businesses would be lost with your departure with the exception of three pieces of wisdom you could leave behind for the good of humanity and for your legacy. What would they be? Three pieces thing. of wisdom, three pieces of wisdom. Um, be there with your kids. One. Um, take take time to build relationships with people. Two. And always tell people you love them because you never know when you're going to see them again. So what's that Kanye West quote? Sometimes people get the flowers before it's... Yeah, you well, gotta you gotta give them. you gotta give them the roses while they can still smell them. I live by that. Yeah, absolutely, man. I love today's conversation. Um, thank you so much. We, we wrap up every chat by calling somebody out. Who's somebody you respect and admire? Maybe it's in the restaurant industry. Maybe it's in the meal prep industry. Somebody that if you knew they were a guest on my show tomorrow, you'd be tuning in. Ooh, calling somebody out in the restaurant game. Oh, man. I got to go back to the one of my, my one of the original OGs, Hustlers in, in uh, Hollywood, Florida. Uh, John, he owns Sunny Steak Hoagies. Um, got it from his dad. I think they've been in business I want to say it's got to be close to a hundred years wow. uh, right there by my mom's house. I grew up in Hollywood, Florida. He's still there, still doing his thing. Um, he's been on a couple food shows. Nice. Uh, just, just, just a food entrepreneur that I've all, I always, I just respect his hustle cause he's still doing the same thing. Still moving quality product. Can I give another one too? Yeah, Can I give two? As you want. Oh, I got a, I got a shout out. Uh, my, my cousin, brother and friend, Danny Adkins, Moon Swiners barbecue in Fort Pierce, Florida. Okay. Uh, another guy killing the game, family business, great product, turn and burn barbecue, but like just awesome. Drop those awesome. two names on me one more time. Uh, Danny Adkins and John. Oh, John's last name slips me. I apologize. Danny but I will and John, get we're coming at you. Yeah, we're Sunny Steak Hoagies in Florida and Moon Swiners Barbecue in I'd, Fort Pierce, Florida. I'd love to get you guys on the show. And uh, how can we connect with you uh, if we have questions about meal prep or, uh, you know, uh, Milk kit delivery. What's the nut kit? Not milk. Mil- <laughs> Jesus. He's, he's um, nervous, guys. It's okay. Just breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth. What is the, the, the Me- uh, meal 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 plan, plan? Meal meal prep delivery. Meal. So so many options. There's so there's just so so many nuances <laughs> to to this industry we're in. So um, you can always find us online at uh, Fit Fixins. That's F I T 
F-I-X-I-N-S dot net. You can find us on Instagram uh, under Fit Fixins, F-I-T-F-I-X-I-N-S. We are on Facebook. Uh, you can call us directly at 772-519-1271 between the hours of 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. Uh, seven days a week. So we'll be more than happy to take your call. If you want to send us an email and contact myself for any questions, any anything, anything you want to talk about, you can always email us uh, info at fitfixins. Again, that's F-I-T-F-I-X-I-N-S dot net. Uh, you can catch us there or I am on Instagram. Um, I run it. Send me a direct message. Hit me up. Um, I, I'm just always on the move and, and, and totally approachable, any meal prep business, anything you want to know, I'm an open book <laughs> pretty much. I mean, again, I got a couple closed topics that I only talk about face to face, but if you think you want to know that much about me, then let's link and talk about it. <laughs> so, um, you did agree to come join us in restaurant unstoppable network, and you're going to be doing a Q and a, a week to two weeks after this episode goes live. So if you guys enjoyed today's episode and you want to connect directly with the man, make sure you get in the network and you, you join and we'll do a live Q and a with our guest today, Clyde tiger. Thank you so much, Clyde. Uh, there, there is no questioning. You are unstoppable. Tons of great stuff out of today's episode. Man, another one in the bags here at Restaurant Stoppable. Special thanks to Clyde Tiger. Awesome stuff. If you guys aren't inspired after that, I don't know what to tell you. You're a lost cause. Uh, again, thank you so much, Clyde Tiger. So we have some really cool stuff happening in Restaurant Stoppable Network. Just a quick reminder that we have a private Facebook group. If you head over to the show notes, this is episode 797. Head to restaurantstoppable.com slash 797 and you'll find a link to our private Facebook group as well as a link to the network. Uh, lots of calls to action there, but in the private Facebook group, there's always tons of great conversation happening and uh, we actually uh, had one of our past guests Scott McGeehy, Chef Scott McGeehy the uh, founder and executive chef of Yellow Restor- uh, Yellow Rocket Concepts, uh, he's going to be joining us this Tuesday for Coffee with Eric live in the network uh, to reflect on a conversation that's happening within the Facebook group uh, basically we're going to be talking about how to keep positive energy during stressful times in times of growth, uh, especially in front of guests uh, and some some best practices to manage and to make sure that your employees are are bringing the best version of themselves every day. So if you want to be a part of that conversation this Tuesday at noon, come join the network. There's a link in the show notes for uh, a 30 day trial. So head over to restaurantstoppable.com slash 797. Join the network, be a part of that conversation. And then on, on Wednesday, we have a live workshop on converting followers into orderers with Rory Balkin in Rev Chinchio. And that is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to do a lot of uh, Q and a after that. I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of questions. So make sure you join us live for that workshop. And then also just a quick reminder that we have our first ever live course going to be popping off on May 19th with Rudy Mick on profit and costing. This is going to be huge. We're going to be meeting for one and a half hours every week for six weeks on Wednesday at 1 p.m. So if you want to join that live course again, head over to the show notes, join the network, purchase the course and be a part of that, that live experience. Uh, and there's a lot of so many cool things happening in the network and at restaurant stoppable. I want you guys to be a part of it. Uh, so what are you waiting for? Come, come hang up. All right, guys, that's it for today. Thanks so much for sticking around until next time. Peace out.